Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can turn with me, we're picking up as we're making our way through the wonderful book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 1, Revelation 14, 1. Title of our message is End Time Victory, End Time Victory. When I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa way back um, in the year 2000, I had a ministry to nursing homes and convalescent homes, and I, I loved that ministry. It was a wonderful season in my life, and I've shared before how one of the places, Beverly Manor, there was uh, the activities director was a Christian, so she would wheel in all the patients, you know, Hindu people and Muslims and you name it, you know, New Age, they're just all, and they would, I would just uh, teach the word, preach the gospel, and it was blessed to, you know, pray with people to receive Christ, and so one of the times I remember very clearly after the, the message, after the Bible study, there was a man uh, whose name was Vincent, and Vincent I had no emotions. He just sat there. He couldn't respond. He had a stroke. And so uh, you could tell he was paying attention because his eyes would move, but he couldn't express any emotion whatsoever. And so I grabbed Vincent's hand and I said, Vincent, I, I shared the gospel. I shared the word. I said, if you want to receive Christ, please squeeze my hand. And sure enough, Vincent just squeezed my hand to receive Christ. And so I said, I know you can't talk right now. I said, so... But God hears your heart, hears what you're saying right now. So repeat this after me and believe what you're saying and God will come live inside of you and give you eternal life. And, and sure enough, you know, I was just praying and praying. And right after he prayed, he's squeezing my hand the whole time, he belted out this loud cry of joy. Went, ah, ah, so loud that from the, the nurses from the hallway were running in and they're like, they're looking at Vincent, they're like, what happened? I says, he prayed to receive Jesus. They're like, no, no, no. We know Vincent. He doesn't respond. He hasn't responded any, no crying, no emotion whatsoever. It was just, it was like a miracle happened to Vincent. I said, well, yeah, God touched him. So I would visit Vincent. I would do Bible studies with him personally in his room, and I would read. And every time I read the Bible, he would laugh. He would cry. He would have joyful. He was responding like, yes. And he understood everything that God was saying to him. And I just say, God gave him victory. We have a God that does give us victory in many different ways. And we are to be victorious. We're, we're not to be, and I, I believe the Lord showed me this. I didn't read this out of any commentary or anything. But I believe, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before. And I want to say it again. We are not the tribulation saints. You see, the tribulation saints will not have the victory that we have. They're not empowered by the Holy Spirit like we are. And so we are those that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be victorious in our walk. He wants us to be free from the world, free from sin, free from the ways of the old flesh and the old ways of life. God wants to have victory in your life. My question to you, are you walking victoriously in Christ Jesus? And if not, and there's a few people who say, oh, kind of, sort of, yeah. God wants you to be able to say, yes, I'm, yeah. you know, like, that, that's my life. I, he wants us to be victorious. He wants you to be victorious. The group that we're going to read about, we are introduced to them in chapter 7. It's the 144,000. During the time of tribulation, these 144,000 will be victorious, and that's the story we're looking at. So can you please stand with me as I read the the account out of Revelation 14. I'm going to read just five verses, verses 1 to 5. 
John the Apostle writes, verse 1, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Don't you love the sound of that? These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the lamb. Last verse we're going to look at here. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Lord, we lift up these, these wonderful verses to you. I know what I've prepared. I believe you've given me some things to talk about. I'd ask again that you'd go beyond anything that I've prepared. I pray that you'd speak to every person, every one of us, Lord, through your spirit, by your spirit, and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. We've been looking at end-time events, uh, events that will happen in the future, which I believe probably not too far in the future from where we're at today. It's been the time of the tribulation period, a seven-year period of time we've been looking at. We've been looking at right about the place where it's the mid the middle of the uh, tribulation period. We've uh, been talking about the false prophet, the antichrist, the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell without the mark. There's an image that's going to be erected that people are going to have to bow down and worship. And so all that's right around the middle of the tribulation period, about three and a half years into the tribulation period. Right now we're jumping into the future. So for a timeline, just so you understand, this is jumping into the future. I believe the end of the tribulation period we're jumping, it's kind of a breather for us. It's kind of a little, okay, let's talk about something else for a while. So it's like a little breather taking us out towards, again, the end of the tribulation, beginning of the millennial kingdom when Jesus Christ returns back to the earth and he'll rule and reign on Mount Zion. So that's the, that's the timeline, what we're talking about here with the 144,000. Before we get back into verse one, reminder, the book of Revelation is the only book that promises a threefold what? You guys are listening. That's great. <laughs> we are blessed when we read it, hear it. So we read it and hear it. You got it. And apply it. So we just read it. We just heard it. So there's your twofold blessing. We can stop right now, say amen, and we are blessed. But now let's do our best to make some application. Amen? Okay, let's see what we have. Let's, verse one. Then I looked, John said. So John's looking. Behold. Can we say that together? A lamb. Standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their, on their foreheads. Again, the 144,000, we, we looked at these gentlemen in chapter 7. These are called sealed saints. They're sealed, they're protected, similar to what we are, the way we are. They're preserved through the whole tribulation period as the church body. 
We will go through persecution. We'll go through difficult times. We're sealed. We have a special seal. We looked at that last Sunday. It's it's the the seal of promise. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, right? So similar. But here these guys are different. We'll look at the difference. But look at they're standing with Jesus, the Lamb of God, on Mount Zion. Mount Zion, if you've ever been to Israel, how many people have have been to Israel? Can I see a show of hands? Oh, wow. Okay, pretty good group here. So you've seen this place. It's, uh, it's the Temple Mount, we call it today. Uh, the, the Dome of the Rock uh, stands on the, the mount right now. We'll, I'll show you a picture of that in a minute. But it's in Jerusalem. When Jesus Christ comes back for the, his millennial reign, there'll be a temple there. Jesus Christ will reign from Mount Zion. Remember, we looked, if you were here Tuesday, we're going to go up and hear Bible studies from Jesus. Can you imagine that? One of my most favorite teachers of all times, the Bible teacher is Pastor Chuck Smith. He had such a gift of teaching through the word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, expounding on the, on, on the, the verses, and it's just beautiful. Can you imagine? That's like, to me, that's like, wow, I would just spend hours. Just like, I used to take tapes, the cassette tapes. Kids, you ask your mother what that is. But... <laughs> I mean, I would literally take a handful of tapes to work and I would just put them in the, the, the car cassette thing and I'd listen to that for hours. I'd travel a lot of times, five, six, seven, eight, ten hours on the road. I would just, the word of God, the word of God. I just loved it, you know. But now I think about, we're going to be sitting there in front of Jesus. And we talked about on Tuesday, remember the highway? What is the highway called? Going up to Mount Zion, it's called the Highway of Holiness. We're going to be on this road called the Highway of Holiness. So we're going to be singing and praising and getting all excited. We're going to have Bible study with Jesus. And this is going to be beautiful, Mount Zion. We're going to go up to Mount Zion. We're going to be on the Highway to Holiness. There in uh, Isaiah the prophet tells us that. But remember before this was called uh, Mount Zion, it was the city of the Jebusites. Remember that? The Jebusites, the Jerusalem comes out of the Jebusites. It's the, so the Jebusites, it was a walled city. They would brag that nobody can penetrate their city because it was just so fortified. Remember, they were even mocking King David at the time, mocking him, saying, oh, you can't do anything. And so King David felt, believed that the Lord wanted to take that city. And remember what he did? He, he told his, his army, he says, whoever can shimmy up the shaft of the water ducts to get inside. He, so he figured out how to do it. He put the command out. He says, okay, if somebody can shimmy their way through that city, open up those gates so we can come marching in. If somebody can do that, I'll make you the commander of my army. Remember that? And who did it? Does anybody know? Joab. Very good. Joab. She gets the, she's come to the front of the row. She's the front of the row. There she is. See? Joab. Joab became King David's commander. He's the chief. He was over everyone. Why? This is the reason why he, gave, he was given his position, because he shimmied his way up. He, a, a, a city that was fortified, that nobody else could get into, somehow, some way, through the wisdom of King David, which I believe from the wisdom of God, brought it about. Makes me think of Sunset Beach, a community that never had a church in over 100 years until Calvary Chapel of the Harbor showed up. And you've heard this before, but I love saying it as many times as I can. The boast of this community used to be, they, they, they said they had, I think it was 28 drinking establishments, and they would boast, and never a church. That was their boast. What a terrible boast. <laughs> and they can't boast that way anymore. Why? Because we found a way. God shimmied us through it to the city. 
that was not penetratable by, the end, by, the, by God's people for some reason, but the timing was perfect. And then one by one, we've seen people coming to church. Angela, one of the first ones that started coming to the church, growing in the things of God. Her family gets saved, her grandson, her daughter. People are just, Ellen and Rachel coming to church, having marital problems. They come, give their lives to the Lord. Now they bought a place here in Broadmoor because they want to live close to the church, so they're going to move back here so they can walk to church. And one by one, I can go on and on. Bob and Rose giving their lives to Christ and one by one in the community why because God wanted to start a work and can I tell you something when God opens a door guess what ain't nobody shutting it Gavin Newsom ain't gonna shut it why because God but God but so this beautiful story but when Jesus comes back okay uh, Bible Scholars here, Bible believers, you that know the Bible. Okay, when Jesus comes back, he's not going to put his feet on Mount Zion. Where is he going to put his feet when he first comes back? Yeah, you got to say louder. Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives. He's going to come back, return Mount of Olives. You say, Pastor, where do you get that? Thank you for asking. That's a good question. Zechariah 14.3. Look, at this is a prophecy. Has not been fulfilled yet. It says, then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Has not been fulfilled yet. And he will fight in that day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the what? Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be what? Can we say that together? Split in two. From the east to the west, making a very large valley. Half the mountain shall be moved towards the north and half towards the south. Listen, Jesus Christ, his second coming, he's going to actually, he's going to come out from Edom. He's going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split open, but you know what's going to happen, don't you? Water's going to come forth from the temple area. Living water's going to go down. Then it's going to go down into the what? The Dead Sea, right? And what happens to the Dead Sea? It's alive. It ain't dead no more. They're going to have to rename the Dead Sea because it's not the Dead Sea anymore. It's going to come alive. There'll be fish there. It'll be everything this, listen, everything this holy water touches comes alive. The living waters. Isn't that awesome? I don't think you'll be able to float on the Dead Sea anymore because it's so dense with salt. You can float on it, right? No, we're going to be swimming in it. We're going to be just, it's going to be wonderful. So that's, so Jesus Christ, he's going to come back. He's going to rule him. And this is the beginning stage of this. And in the beginning, when he comes back, he'll be standing there with 144,000 anointed by God, these men. Another thing before we go forward, I want to point out, um, in chapter 7 of Revelation, how many did Jesus start with? hundred and how many? 44,000? And then we see the end of the tribulation period. How many did he end up with? 144,000. He didn't lose one. They're all protected through the terrible tribulation period. Not one is lost. They're all there. They're gathered together. They made it to the end. And that we have a promise. You and I will make it to the other side. Why? Because we also are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Amen. Let's go to, oh, there's the, uh, so there's your picture. This is the Mount of Olives, the olive trees. When you go to Israel, there's the Temple Mount. There's the Dome of the Rock right there. So Jesus will reign from that mountain there, but he's first going to put his feet on that, the Mount of Olives. That will split open. The water's going to flow down. It's going to be lush and fruitful, and there will be living waters. So back, verse 2, and I heard a voice. From where? Voice from heaven. Like the voice of many waters, 
like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps, the sound of heaven. John says, I hear the sound of heaven. It's like the harpists are playing harps. I love listening to the harp, a harp being played. You ever hear, do you ever have someone, do you ever go somewhere where there's a live person just playing a harp? Is it just beautiful? How many know Greg Buchanan? Have you ever heard of Greg Buchanan? Only a few, only one or two hands? Calvary Costa Mesa, when Chuck Smith was pastoring the church, Greg Buchanan, he's a harpist. He would play the harp. He'd come out, and it was so powerful. Matter of fact, I would watch, because I was on staff at the time, and, and people would come in and get ready to sit down, and so he was practicing and playing the harp joyfully. I mean, just, this guy just beamed with joy, and he'd play the harp. And literally, this every time, every time he would come uh, play, you would look, at, look around the whole sanctuary, and people are just, I mean, tears are just streaming down people's eyes, because it's just so beautiful. You can't even help but just love that sound. Why? It's a sound from heaven. But you notice the voice, the voice, the voice. Thunderous, loud. Some say, I've read commentaries, they think it's Jesus. I'm like, well, wait a second. Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives right now. How can he have a voice coming from heaven? It can't be Jesus. I believe it's most likely the voice of God, the Father, from heaven speaking. We don't know. I can't be dogmatic about that. But can I use this to say God still speaks today? Primarily through the word of God. Do we hear God speaking today, don't we? But he still speaks through a still, small voice. But not only does he speak through, through a still, small voice, he sometimes will speak to us in a loud voice and say this. Have you ever had the Lord do that? Just speak to you in a loud voice. God wants to speak to us today. See, he's a good shepherd. And the closer I am to my good shepherd, the, the more I can hear his voice. When I'm far away and I'm not following after the things of God, I, I, I have a hard time hearing what God has to say. But God wants to speak to us. God wants you to hear. God, I, I'm convinced of this. God speaks all the time. God is speaking constantly. He's speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking. But what I believe sometimes, we, let me give you this picture. God is here speaking, but we're over here just all just kind of doing our own thing. And we're like, oh, I don't hear God say anything to me. What do you mean? God, you guys are weird. God speaks to you. Yeah, yeah. Draw near to him. He wants to speak to you. The, God, the very one that spoke the stars into existence, the very one. Do you know that when he spoke the stars into existence, do you know he named them one by one? You know, I just heard somewhere from a scientist that said, if we were to, to, to name, or excuse me, count every star that's out there that we know of, there's more than what we know of, it would take us 300 trillion years for us to count them. 300 trillion years to count every star that's out there. God just put them out there and named them all one by one. And he wants to speak to you. We have a gentleman, I don't know if Eric's here right now, but um, he's, he serves here. He started coming to the church, I'm guessing about a year ago, year and a half ago, somewhere around there, but somewhere in there, him and his family. He's the one that, remember I told you, he went to a certain church. I won't name the name of them down the street in Huntington Beach there near school. Um, I won't name their name though. <laughs> but he went there for 15 years, never heard the gospel, ever. Another friend of mine that used to go there for a few months, he even went to the leadership and said, hey, I've been here for several months. I've never heard the gospel. How come you don't share the gospel? They said, we don't do that here. He was like, you don't share the gospel? Um, I, isn't this a church? <laughs> so he came here, him and his family, he heard the gospel. He stood up and gave his life to Christ. 
And he told me later, I didn't know this until, until after, he said, he said, Pastor Joe, I stood up because I, really, I heard the voice of God said, stand up. He said, I stood up. But then he says, he, he, the Lord's only spoke to him two other times real clearly. And he says, it was the end of December. The Lord was speaking to him about something. And he wasn't sure if it was God. He's a new believer somewhat, you know, trying to figure all this out. So then he said, that later on in late March, he heard the same thing that God spoke to him. He's nine o'clock at night. He's laying in his bed and God just spoke clearly to him. And I'll just tell you what God said to him. He said, this is just his. And I just thought it'd be, to me, it's like overwhelmingly encouraging, but he said, he told him, he says, people want to silence your pastor, he says, but I want you to stand with him, is what he said to, to him. And then he says, I don't have many pastors doing what he's doing, so I want you to stand with him. And he says, he leaped out of bed, and he went to the Connect ministry, and he went connected, he says, he signed up to, to serve, so he's serving on the, the ushers and security, but my, my point is, God still speaks today, and Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep, what does it say, my sheep? This is Jesus. Hear my voice. And I know them personally. And they follow me. They hear his voice. They know him personally. They have a relationship. And then they follow. That's what it's all about, guys. Knowing him personally. I, I grew up in religion. I grew up in a religion that says the, the rules and regulations and do's and don'ts of Christianity. And guess what? I didn't know him. I didn't hear his voice. And so I wasn't following him. You know, the word religion itself means to bind. And that's what religion does. It binds you to, to rules and regulations, the do's and don'ts of Christianity. That's why when people are real religious, they usually got this kind of look on their face. <laughs> They're just bound in religion. It's like... Don't do that. Stop that. Don't ever do that. This is bind it's bondage. It's legalism. It's not God. My sheep know my voice. They, they hear from God. They're able to discern truth through the word of God. They're, they have the Holy Spirit speaking through, you know, through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to his children. We know his voice. You see, the Bible says, draw near to me. And how draw near to you? We draw near to him. It's, it's, if we're not hearing from him, I would just say again one more time, it's, we draw close to him. Draw near to him. There's a lot of voices going on right now. There's a lot of deception going on right now. I want to know what God has to say. I have people coming to me sometimes say, Pastor Joe, I just want to let you know I don't like what you're, this, the, the, you're doing. I said, and I, I, I say this to them, and I, in all due respect, I, I'll say this, and you might not like it either, but I say, I really don't care what you think. <laughs> and I'll say it, and I say it with all due respect, I really don't care what you think. I said, not, I'm not trying to disrespect you at all. I really care what God thinks for this church, not what your opinion is, my opinion. You just gave me your opinion. I respect your opinion, but I, I need to hear from God. There's things that we do here at this church. Sometimes I'm wondering, okay, God, do, I know it's you, and right now it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I know it's you, and I can trust that. And I want this church, I want all of us to be those that hear his voice, that know what he's saying, that's led in the spirit, and not being persuaded by the opinions of men. Listen, the opinions of men will change. I remember when first the newly married couples fellowship, when at Costa Mesa, my wife and I were doing, we'd have people come and say, well, pastor, if you would only do it at seven o'clock, we could have time to eat our dinner. And then we're, and so, so, so we would all be there. And, and then I remember being new and I said, okay, seven o'clock. Okay, we got to change seven o'clock. And they would never show up. And I'm like, I, I used to be chasing, chasing around. Well, what do you guys want? And, and what do you want? And I want to make you happy. And, and you know how, how that can wear you out? 
You know how freeing it was when it's like, hey, thank you for your opinion. This is great. I'll pray about that. That's wonderful. Thank you for your input. You know, God bless you. I know you're concerned and all, but thank you. I will pray about it. And you go to the Lord. And there's times too, just to, you know, I don't want to sound like this, you know, I hear from God type. No, no. There's many times people come to the church and say, Pastor, have you thought of this? Do you think, you know, can, what do you think about this? And I'm just going to leave that with you. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. And, and I'll go to prayer. And then this, well, the Lord's like, yeah, that's my servant. They're, they're talking to you. I was like, beautiful. Thank you, God. Be concerned with what he thinks, what he says, because he's speaking. And if people are in tune with the Holy Spirit, then they'll also hear what God has to say. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.